Welcome to the Underrated Artist Podcast. We're here today to interview an artist you probably don't know, but you should because they're pretty awesome. That's the whole concept behind the Underrated Artist Podcast. We're here to support, uplift, and share artists and their work that aren't getting enough representation. We're going to talk about all things art, so I hope you enjoy, and thank you so much for being here. This is the second episode for Underrated Artist Podcast, and I have to say I'm thankful, so thankful for everybody who's reached out to me, every artist who's allowed me to feature them on the Instagram and the podcast so far, and I've had a lot of people agree to come on to the podcast, so we have a lot of really great guests lined up for you guys, so stick around for a while, especially the next couple months, because Some of the artists we have lined up are from all over the world. We have one from the Netherlands, and then I also have an artist who's coming on shortly who works in a prison with prison inmates who are a part of an art program. So that's going to be a really interesting conversation, and he's been an artist for a really long time. So we have a lot of really cool things coming up, so I hope you guys stick around, tell your friends. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underratedartist.podcast because that's where our most up-to-date information is. So yeah, thank you for being here. This is Paper Bag Painter. I am your host and today we have a very special guest. Her Instagram is at ShelbyFish. It's her personal Instagram and then um, we're going to talk about her other art Instagrams as well. She is very knowledgeable in the world of art and she has a lot of advice to give and her art is inspiring and it's um, a lot of fun to look at and it's really beautiful and I thank her for coming on the show. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get started. Welcome to the podcast, Ms. Shelby. Why don't you uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from and where we can find you on the internet. Hi, guys. Well, I am from West Texas. I am originally from Midland, Texas. It's flat, ugly, Permian Basin. That's where most of our oil comes from. Um, I had to get out of there pretty quickly. So I met my husband on Facebook about eight years ago, and he was kind of my out. So I moved to Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm living in Arlington right now. And I just finished up a degree in art at the University of Texas at Arlington. We got married soon after, and now I'm just unemployed and and living life, living the dream. You're unemployed? I thought you were doing like freelance stuff. Well, I'm. I am. I guess I'm unemployed, as in I don't have an eight eight to five job every every day. So you're unemployed, um, like like all artists are unemployed. Right. I mean, I'm self-employed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's been pretty nice to just kind of chill out and see what what life is bringing ever since the COVID started. I know. How has that affected you, like with your freelance stuff? <sighs> well, you know, surprisingly, I am getting some some people that need things, I guess they're thinking once this is all over, they can start their business up. So I am getting some logo orders here and there, and then some other just random things off to the side. Uh, I think most people that have lost their jobs due to this COVID thing, they just 
they're motivated just as much as anybody. So it's been pretty nice. I haven't had to fluctuate my price as much really, which is really nice for me. Yeah, that's great. But it's, it's, it's freelance, you know, it's not very steady, but it, it's pretty nice to have some people come along every now and again. For sure. I, I was curious about that because I feel like with the COVID happening and everybody's on lockdown, I feel like there's probably more opportunities to make digital content. And, you know, oh, yeah. as a graphic designer, I feel like the opportunities would definitely be there for you. Absolutely. And, you know, there are so many websites that you can sign up for that will just kind of put your name out there and it'll hook you up with people that need freelance work. But I have not ventured into that quite yet because I just don't know if I want to percentage taken away I feel like that about the online galleries you know like Saatchi art and all that crap Mm -hmm. like I don't want to do that either I mean you spend all this time working on your craft you don't want somebody else to seek the profit you're the one that bought the supplies you made it you have the skill you have the creativity it's a one you know, one-off. It's not like you can really reproduce some of the things, you know, that you're making and you have to spend the money on supplies and you have to spend the money on uh, shipping and shipping supplies and right. all of that. It's like, why are they getting 60, 50%? Right. They shouldn't be. No. They shouldn't be. It's not their, it's not their skill. Their skill is to market us, but you know, do they do that very well when, you know, there are thousands of artists online and they're not really marketing is specifically what you can do that's special from everybody else. They're just there to, to make money. Yeah, exactly. I definitely feel like the, also the online art markets are like super saturated, like you were saying. So it's like, they don't really, they'll pick like maybe five or 10 artists and they'll like showcase Mm -hmm. them on their main page, but that's it. We veered off a little bit. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) Where can people find you on the internet? Okay, you can find me on Instagram. Um, my husband and I recently started a food uh, site. It's an Instagram where we take pictures of our food. He actually used to work for a food photographer, and he really loved it. And I really love food, and I love to cook. So we just thought, why don't I cook and style the food, and you take the pictures. And fun way to document something else that we can do and how I can collaborate with him. And the next to that, I have my design Instagram. It's uh, halfmoon.design. Sorry, I didn't realize I didn't mention my food Instagram. It's fish, F-I-S-H, dot food collaborative. Instagram, Facebook, you can find me there. And then my graphic design is halfmoon.design, Instagram and Facebook. It's not very active just because I don't do a lot of graphic design for myself to show off as as a practice but there's some stuff on there you can find me there okay um I actually have a lot of questions <laughs> for you about your Instagrams <laughs> okay. so I'm just gonna jump into okay. that a little bit um so your I'll start with your design uh Instagram the half moon dot design co your it's like okay. it's really promising I feel like and you said it's not very active because you don't put your personal stuff on there very much. Um, but do you ever put stuff that you do for clients on there? Sometimes I do. If I really see, that's the thing with working with clients is they can come to you and they can ask for, you know, anything under the sun and it may or may not turn out well because they're driving the ship. Or if I help them to realize their full potential as far as a brand and I, and I'm 
basically telling them, no, this is what looks best. This is what will be good for you. I will take pretty much what I've done for them and put it on my, on my design page. Okay. So you only do, you only add stuff on your personal design page that you had most of the input on. Okay. That makes sense. When I worked for the screen printing place that I recently got laid off from, I was doing work where people would ask for, I would make something so good for them and they would come back and just stomp all over it. But that is being a designer. Um, and it's just, you don't want to put that, that stuff on your side. It doesn't make you look good as an artist because people will then think it was your decision when most of it was not. So it's kind of like your artistic integrity. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, good for you. Yeah. If it was me, I'd be horrible. I would like put everything on there. (laughs) (laughs) You got to be choosy, but you know, I probably should put more on there. I think the last time I posted on there was. Oh, it was about 12 weeks ago. Oh, yeah, that's that's a long time ago. You don't have a lot on there either, but the stuff that you do have is very well done. Oh, <laughs> Heavy on the typography, and I love the bold hues with the black and white contrasted elements. You definitely have, like, a, a, a personal style. I do. It's very, it's very interesting to me, too, because I, I'll look back on it, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe that. I did that. And as far as the typography, I love type. I've really grown to fall in love with type. Um, I love illustration too. So I kind of merged the two together. So the designs that you do, the personal ones on your half moon, um, is, are Mm -hmm. those like hand drawn? Yes. Most of them are a bunch of these logos. Like you'll see this candle cafe or the one above it that's in the black and white with the three moons. Um, those are vector. They'll, more than likely they become a sketch and then I will make it a refined sketch and then I'll go into the computer and get on Illustrator and use the pen tool and make it a vector rather than a hand-drawn one. But most of this stuff that you'll see um, that looks hand-drawn, yes, it's been hand-drawn. Yeah, that's really cool. I like the um, Alas Poor uh, Yorick one. Thanks. You know, sometimes I'll just get a inspiration. I don't even know where that came from. I I guess we were watching Hamlet <laughs> and I thought, well, I guess I'll, I'll letter that. That'll be fun. Yeah. It's really cool. I like that one. And then I also like your fish food collab uh, logo a lot too. Thank you. That took me so long. I think I probably sketched out maybe 150 logos before I decided to go with this one. Wow. And that one is completely hand-drawn. I was going to vector it out, but it didn't happen. It looks great. Hey, maybe I should um, hire you to do a logo for this podcast. Well, hey, girl, you just call me. Yeah, I think I will because my logo is kind of crappy. I think it's cute. I think it's really, I don't know. There's something about it that is so, it just looks like a podcast logo. I love it. Thank you. It took me like 2.5 seconds. I was like, I just need to doodle this and I need something. So I just used... It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I just used Procreate on the iPad. Well, and see here, I'm looking at your, your podcast Instagram right now, and it's so consistent. I think that your brand is really good. Really? If you ever do feel the need... Yeah, I think so. It's very it's very on brand. You have a lot of hand-drawn quotes on there, and then you have just like this uh, color scheme of, of the browns with the whites and the blacks. I think it looks really good. Thank you. 
But yeah, if you ever do want a logo, you just call me. Yeah, I think I will. I don't. I really appreciate you talking about my brand like that. Mm, that makes me feel real good. It's very consistent. <laughs> it's very consistent. <laughs> I struggle. And you're an artist. You do? Yes, I struggle with consistency. That's like my biggest flaw. Oh my gosh, I don't think so at all. Really? No. Well, damn. Especially, especially with you in your own artwork as well. You know, you find an aesthetic you want to go with and you you dabble in that for quite a while before you change to something else yeah I guess I do but I don't ever stay you know like I don't ever stay with one kind of well hey Picasso never stayed with one so the rules of being an artist in general you have to like stay super consistent in order to be successful but I'm hoping that's not the case because I really don't that's something that Ryan, my husband, and I have been struggling with with the food collaborative. We we knew that we had to be consistent in some way, but honestly, that's just so tiring. It's boring. It's too tiring. It's so boring. And me, I'm I want to do everything. I want to be a painter. I want to be a sculptor. I want to be a food photographer. I want to do it all. So for me, that's not really realistic. Right. I agree. I feel the same way. And speaking of your fish food collab, so this might be my favorite um, Instagram page, <laughs> just because. Oh, <laughs> just because it looks so good. Um, I have a lot of questions about it. Um, first, okay. I would just like to say what y'all have going on is super impressive, and that Instagram. You. You're very welcome. That Instagram looks like the best restaurant in the world. And I'm super jealous that you guys are eating all of that because I don't know how to cook. <laughs> well, you know, I I was going to turn this into like a a whole blog, like cutesy wife sitting at home doing her blog. And I was like, eh, I don't really want to do that, though. I like to cook and I like recipes, but like doing the recipes and having a website and all that, that's too much work for me. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would so much rather just cook it and then show people what it looks like. And if they want the recipe, they can just DM me and I'll give it to them. Yeah, for sure. And I, I definitely agree with like the workload of some of these Instagrams because it's like you have to do so much. My God, it's so much. You know, I think the last time we posted on on our fish food was it's been a few weeks, but it's only because quarantine really threw us for loop we were going out all the time and getting like well we need parsley for this like one little corner and we couldn't just go to the store anymore so we were kind of just like not wanting to do it for a while which I think a lot of people were like hey you know we get a free vacation let's sit on our butts and do nothing and I think we kind of took that that you guys got a vacation Matt and I'm um for those of you listening, that's my husband's name. <laughs> um, we didn't get a vacation. Like, we've been working harder than ever. So it's. I know. Y'all are such troopers. Oh, thanks. It's exhausting, though. <laughs> and then, of course, like, you know, I go to school full time and I do my art and then I have a weekend job and then I have, you know, three or sorry, two Instagrams and a podcast that I'm trying to keep up with. And, it's just, it's very hard to balance all of that. It's a lot of work, yeah. Yeah, it is. But it, it pays off. I think it pays off. Yeah, I I hope so. I'm really excited about um, this podcast. I'm um, eager to see where it goes from here. Well, what made you want to do this podcast? You know, I just a hole and I just filled it. 
you know, like a lot of the, like on Instagram, for instance, the algorithm, I feel like the only artists that get seen, there's like a small handful of artists that are really successful and they get seen a lot on Instagram. And then mm-hmm. all the other artists are equal in skill and creativity. And in my opinion, some are even better, but they have like 500 followers. Goal is essentially to just build a, de- a database of all these underrated artists and get their stuff out there. You know, because I know exactly how that feels. So I think that's perfect. Thank you. And I'm sure all of our fellow artists listening, they probably really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know I do. Really? Yeah. I, I wish somebody would have came to me, you know, and been like, hey, I really want to support you and your work. And I want to put you on this podcast and I want to talk about it and, you know, lift you up. Like everybody needs that. This is not about me. We were talking. Ryan takes the photos. And you, you like set it up and then you edit them and add graphics? Take the pictures. Mostly, I think I've taken maybe one, maybe. Uh, like I said, I will cook the food. I will make it look good. I'll, I, sometimes he will help me pick out like napkins or the props in the background just because he's a little more advanced in that. And then he will edit them. I'll, I'll probably give him direction as far as like how I want the picture to look go into photoshop he'll make it look good and then i will go on top of it and maybe draw some graphics and then we'll upload it to the instagram okay so y'all work on getting the setup together and then yes he takes the photo edits a little bit and then you go back and add your thing to it and i mean it's it's very much like one day he'll do all of the set and then I'll just cook it. And then there's one day that I'll do all of the set and he'll just take the picture and then edit. So it's very much like just who who's in the feeling to do what that day. That is so cool. Honestly, like for those of you listening, you need to go check out this Instagram. It's amazing. Like the food looks really great and all the colors like, oh my God, like I can't even describe this. Seriously, it looks like y'all need to make a recipe book is what it looks like that would be so much fun yeah definitely like I think we're going to (laughs) yeah you should like did you so you made all of this in your home yes so is this like from scratch type situation some of yes most of it is from scratch yes some of it's like you know we have a hellofresh subscription so we'll cook that and we'll show it Mm -hmm. um but yeah, most of it's from scratch. You'll see maybe a charcuterie board here and there that's just store-bought stuff. But the ice cream, which is our favorite uh, moving picture that we have on there, that was all from scratch. It took two days to make, but it was so good. Okay, I'm going to watch this. Oh, I didn't know it moved. I know, isn't it cool? <laughs> that is so cool. I love that. People do this uh, all the time. That's... I think it's cool. I think it is too. Like, so you made the ice cream on that um, Instagram and I think it's, it might be, yeah, the tag area. It says sustainable food photography. Can you explain um, what exactly that means? Because I'm an idiot. (laughs) Yes, I I can explain it. Okay. Okay. So as I mentioned before, Ryan, he used to work for a food photographer in Dallas and what he learned is that there's a lot of waste in the food photography industry. I mean, the guy that he worked for would get four boxes of hamburger buns when he only needed to shoot one. 
and then he couldn't donate them to a shelter. He would have to send them back to the to the place that sent them to him. And then they would just throw them away or they would tell him to throw them away. And I just thought, that's that's not right. We're living in a world where we have to fight for our food. <laughs> Literally, when we go to the grocery store now, we can only get one thing of beef or, you know, one thing of milk at this point. And that's just not right. People people are going hungry. We can't be wasting food just to get one picture so that the corporations can make a profit. So Ryan and I took this idea. He wanted to shoot food. And I said, okay, but we're not going to make it wasteful. We're not going to do whatever they do in the industry and, and make it uh, look better with some sort of chemical that we can't eat or put mashed potatoes underneath ice cream to lift it up and then it's not edible. So we took that and we just, we said, okay, we're going to make the food and then we're going to eat it. But you have to be quick about it. You have to set up the shot. We put it down, you shoot it, and then we eat it. Yeah. And then on top of it all, it's really expensive to do this sort of thing, especially if you want, you know, just kind of like little props or little herbs off to the side. It's super expensive. So we just try to keep it as low cost, um, low food waste as possible. That is really cool. Because when I first saw, I'm not even going to lie, when I saw this sustainable food photography tag on your Instagram, I was like, okay, <laughs> like gluten free. It's like one of those <laughs> things, you know, but no, not at all. Yeah. The way you just described it, like that is so cool. And I love that. So all of these, the photos you have, this is all a hundred percent edible and you eat a hundred percent of these ingredients. Yes. I mean, I must admit there was probably one day we made too much and then we didn't eat the leftovers maybe okay. one day, but yes, we end up eating all of this food pretty much. Oh God. Y'all you're, you must be like the best fed artist in all the land. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. I've gained some weight. No, girl. No, no, no. We're quarantine. pretty good. We've it's all so gained true. <laughs> I've gained like 10 pounds. <laughs> hey, you know what? We're just saving up for winter. It's okay. Yeah, we're stockpiling fat stores for when we catch COVID. You know, it's just... Exactly. It'll sustain our life. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, there's one photo on here. It's like um, it's a cutting board, and it has all kinds of vegetables and meats and like a dip and some nuts and oh, cheese. Yeah. How much did that cost? That was probably, I want to say it, it was under 150 bucks. Maybe it was like 115 or 120. It didn't cost very much because a lot of this stuff we already had in our pantry from before. I think we had some of these crackers and maybe some of this fruit. But um, yeah, I mean, it didn't cost much at all. The, the most expensive thing on the tray is obviously the meat. Yeah, yeah. That cheese looks really, I think I'm hungry. I need to quit looking at your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well that's what it's for to make you hungry oh man you guys definitely should sell these photos I think so too and that was something that Ryan really was adamant about he's like even if this doesn't get us a following on Facebook or on Instagram studio type of thing yeah so this is in his and then I can just take credit for the yeah food. well no I mean you helped with the typography and the editing editing and setting up like true this is definitely a 50 50 thing he could not do this by himself no way he could do this without you. 
true. He'd probably get too lazy and like go play video. Yeah, if it wasn't for you, he would have like three of these on here. It's a good collab. I think he needs to. He needs to do something for me. (laughs) No, it is. (laughs) It's so nice to have uh, somebody else that is creative in the same. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. So you're an artist. You're married to an artist. What is that like? Well, I mean, as you can see, it's pretty amazing. There aren't very many times where we're like not on the same page about something. I think maybe once or twice where he was like, no, I want it to look this way. And I'm like, trust me, it's better this way. But then we'll come to an understanding. He'll do it his way and I'll do it my way. And then we'll just choose what's better. Um, and, and yeah, like we can have conversations about art and he completely understands where I'm coming from because he has the background knowledge just like you and I do. He's he's learned in the in art history and he since he helped me kind of get through graphic design while he was doing a photography degree at UTA, he he understands my job or the jobs that I take on and he can kind of help with feedback. If I don't see something in my work, he can probably point it out. Con to it all is that he and I sometimes we both struggle to motivate each other at times because I think he probably suffers from imposter syndrome just like I do sometimes and you know if we're just not feeling the art I can say to him all day like come on let's go out and take pictures and he's just like I just don't want to you know and I'll do the same thing so I think it's just that's the the biggest thing that we can't seem to get a grip on is if we're both just too tired to do something creative and we feel like we need to there's no convincing one another that we need to do it. We just kind of have to step back and be like, okay, well, we'll just try again tomorrow or we'll try again next week. And then eventually we get back on it and we do something creative and then that motivates us to do more. Nice to have somebody else creative to, to be married to somebody creative. Yeah, I can imagine that being um, way more of a benefit than it is a negative. And I definitely understand like the creative energy you know, like I could not imagine having to to balance that with another artist because as artists, we're we're fickle by nature, you know. So <laughs> right. in order to, you know, get in the same line with one another, that I'm sure that takes a, a finesse. Have found this medium, median in between that we can collaborate on something and it works pretty yeah, well. It really does. And I mean, what better way to collaborate than with food? You know, that's something that really brings people together. I know, right? <laughs> It's so and true. as like newlyweds, Completely. I mean, you got a really, really cool way for you guys to to start your your journey together. Uh, I mean, what I'll be sitting on the couch drawing something, and I'm just absolutely hating it. He's like, "Oh, that looks really good," but I'm the artist. There's something I see in it. If I don't agree, then it it just looks like crap to me, and there's no convincing me otherwise. And the same with him. Right. Yeah. And you guys have totally different styles as well. So I'm I'm sure it's, we do. Um, it's a, a battle to kind of balance that too. Yeah. And you'll, I mean, he loves my cooking too. So it's, it's like a win-win. Yeah, for sure. I, I get to feed him good food. He gets to enjoy it and we all get to, to collaborate well. Yeah. You guys are definitely nailing it over at the fish food collab for sure. Well, You're thanks. Welcome. Give us a follow. <laughs> yeah. You guys definitely should go follow Shelby um, at uh, dot food collaborative. And then also half moon. Yeah, dot design co. Yes. CO, like company, like I have this company. <laughs> you do though, you're an entrepreneur. 
I am. Um, too, but I don't really feel like that. I guess it's the imposter thing. I mean, I some more than more times than not, I suffer from that. And then there are days where it's just really good and I can hammer something out. Earlier that you and Ryan both have undergrads in the arts. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you think that was yeah. worth it? I think you're going to feel much more accomplished. I definitely did after I got my degree. It, it took me a while, but I, I told myself I was going to do it and I did it. And it was hard and there were nights where I was up late, but I think it really paid off in the end. I will never forget my experience going to remember where I heard this from, but it's like a, a, I don't know if it's called a fable or like a little story or whatever, but um, yeah, I think, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where the, uh, a customer goes to an artist and tries to commission a painting for a rooster. I've never heard of that. Yeah. So he goes to this artist and commissions a rooster painting the artist is like, okay, well, it'll cost you $100 or whatever. And the the customer is like, okay, that's fine. And he goes away. He says, it'll be ready for you in like six weeks. And mm-hmm. he, <laughs> he comes back in six weeks and the artist gives him the painting. And it's just like a little, like small painting. It's very well done. It's simple. It's perfect. And it's a little too simple for $100. So the customer gets mad. And then the artist goes, you don't understand. And he opens his studio door and there's like 150 studies of roosters just to get Mm -hmm. that one painting. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it is. And, you know, during that entire process, you may find one that you like, but there's just something about it to your own artist's eye that you see that you don't agree with. So you have to keep going until you get it right. Yeah, we we talked on the first episode, uh, Gabby and I talked about commissions and uh, the balancing act that you do between like what the customer wants and your artistic, you know, Mm -hmm. opinions or (laughs) what have you. But I I imagine the same way with graphic design. Oh, yes. Oh, of course it is. You know, that's the most frustrating part about being an artist in any capacity whether you're a video editor or you're a painter or you're a graphic designer, you have to constantly battle with them. They don't seem to understand that we have the skill and the knowledge to help them get to where they want to be. They have a vision in their head and they think that that's what's right. But little do they know they're, they're coming to you because you are the professional. Yeah, exactly. That's something that they forget. You know, for those of you who are listening, uh, Shelby and I are actually friends and we met in college in a a painting course. And I'll never forget that, that instructor, because she told me once, this is like the one and only thing I ever remember her saying to me. She was like, you know, as an artist, I'm going to tell you now, your first idea is rarely your best one. And Mm -hmm. to me, it's so true. It is so true. And I am, like, so bad at that because once I get an idea in my head, I just, like, go with it. Like, I don't, I don't, um, I don't ruminate or think as long as I should about, you know, my plan of action or, or aesthetics or balance or anything like that. You know, and I definitely have those times, too. I, like, last night I was making a logo for something and I was just like, I know what I want it to look like. I know what kind of font I'm going to go with. So I just did and I made it. It was probably an hour. I probably should have sketched a little, but I thought, heck, it's good enough the way it is. And I think that's okay in some in some aspects. If you want to just, if you have an idea and you want to just get it out on paper, on canvas or whatever it is, just go for it. Yeah, sometimes it's really easy. 
And then other times it's like, you have to right. like, fight for it. <laughs> I learned a lot since I went to design school. I had to take very many different classes that weren't just like illustrating. I had to learn web design. I had to learn marketing and advertising. I had to learn all these different skill sets and having all those different skill sets and learning how they all work, it kind of pushed me in the direction of where I can conceptualize now. I understand the many forms of media in the art world. And I think that it really helped me to believe that I can accomplish anything I set my mind to as far as, you know, the creative side of, of the world goes. If I wanted to, just for example, and this is kind of extreme, but if I if I wanted to like build a house, I feel like I could have the discipline to sit down and figure it out and do it. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. For sure. Like that's one thing I'm learning too, because you know, I'm I'm going through my undergrad and it's it's really rigorous mm-hmm. and really exhausting. But I feel like when it's over, oh yeah. When it's over, I'm gonna be able to like like nothing will phase me. You know? I totally agree. And I think when I get done with my undergrad in healthcare, I think I'm going to go back for my visual arts. Yeah. Yeah. I think I will. Yeah. I just think that you would love it. It is so fun. And there, and there's so much it has to offer. I think that there's a part of the art world that you just don't really get to learn if you're not among fellow artists, if you're not among professors that can teach you things about the creative world that you've never seen yeah, before I'm I'm but I feel like I'm missing it and I don't necessarily think that it's um a necessity to get an art degree but I do right. understand the benefits of it and I miss being in the studio with other artists because right and I tell you those schools that have great art programs they have great facilities to work in you probably won't see you open up your own studio wherever it may be yeah they usually have a lot of equipment that you can't really get your hands on did you right you're getting an art degree is not necessary if there's if there's a certain skill that you're really good at as far as the creative world goes you know go for it you don't need that degree I think for me personally it was validation and to show other people like, listen, I sat my butt in school and I figured it out and I've learned all this stuff and you can trust me to get something done. But, you know, if there's if you're good at painting or, or web design and you don't need a degree, then, you know, you don't need it. It's just very beneficial as far as learning just other skills other than the one that you already right. have. And I think the networking aspect of going to school, like you meet so many people that will, you know, help Absolutely. you later on down the line as well. Absolutely. Um, right. I had to describe your personal art in one word. It would be folksy. Do you agree or disagree with that? I think that that's, it's just a synonym for what I would call it. I would call my art eclectic. So yeah, I think that you're right. Folksy is, is very I feel like accurate. eclectic is better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just... I mean, it's kind of like my, if you've seen my, if you've seen my house and the things that I surround myself with, it's very like, I have colors all over the place and I have different kind of art that is all over the place. And that's how my art is. I 
I, I like to do anything from painting to to decorating. That's an art form to me. I think that, you know, one day I'm feeling a black and white aesthetic and then the next day I'm feeling like a super vibrant, colorful aesthetic. And that just kind of flows together and becomes its own monster, <laughs> I want to say. Um, but it's it's a pretty monster. <laughs> <laughs> I know. How you, I mean, it's like, it's almost like sensory overload. Like everything smells good. <laughs> everything looks so pretty. There's like pets everywhere. There's art everywhere. All the colors. Like I love going to your house. You described your art. Um, you said it's eclectic, which I totally agree with. Um, can yes. you tell us where... Or what do you draw your inspiration from? Well, it's kind of all over the place. I, for me, I have to go seeking inspiration. It doesn't just come to me. If I, if I want to sit down and get something done and I kind of have a, an idea, I have to go and search for something visual before I start. So I do draw a lot of my inspiration from fellow artists. I know that I did a watercolor that was it was directly inspired by one of your pieces. Oh, really? Um, and that's just kind of, yeah. It, it was the one with all the faces. I don't think you finished it, but it was so cool. It was like the circle with all of these faces inside huh. of it. And I thought, what a cool idea. So I took that. It's hanging somewhere in my house. I don't know where <laughs> it is. And I just really loved it. But yeah, fellow artist, you know, Ryan will be driving and I'll be like picking out maybe typography or something that I like on a building. I kind of draw inspiration from that. And then I really draw a lot of inspiration from nature. I'm a nature fanatic. I really, I'm not like a, I don't do a lot of recreation. I just kind of like to sit out and look at the, the world around me. And that's where I'll, I'll draw a lot of inspiration from too. Yeah. That's a typical artist. You know, we, that's what we're keen at is observing our surroundings. I do mm -hmm. notice that you have a lot of nature inspired uh, themes in your art. And I know you guys like to travel a lot and you go to like all these pretty places. So I'm sure you draw a lot of inspiration from that related content on um, to some of your designs. Do you draw inspiration from music as well? That's the other here on their music is like nothing but about nature. So it kind of, it's like this marriage of music and nature and even these other things that just kind of mesh well. And that's, it, it matches my aesthetic perfectly. And then I took it and I, and I turned it into something. Yeah. That's really neat. I love unbeknownst collaborations with other artists, you know, like how you're saying you draw inspiration right. from other artists. I love doing that. Artists are the artists of the world and they have great ideas and I want to have great ideas too. So I, a little bit of music or artists have, whether it be in video or if it's a watercolor or oil painting or if it's music, I just, I, I'm very inspired by our fellow artisans. I, I think that feed, I can also see that you experiment with a lot of different mediums from like watercolor to ink to traditional painting and you know, your digital stuff, because obviously you're a graphic designer, but what is your favorite medium yeah. to work with? And I don't do it a lot, but I think my favorite medium to work in is watercolor. Really? You know, yeah, it was, for me, it was, it's too good for me, is what I feel like. 
<laughs> but I can tell you, you you have mastered it. Like a lot of your watercolor pieces look really effortless. Like, is this a watercolor piece on your your personal page? It's pink and it's two arms, and one of them is like a fist, and one is like a a peace sign. Yes, that's a mixture of watercolor and gouache. That yeah, I think I just found that like on a free stock image website and I just kind of traced it out with pencil and then I started painting and it really turned out pretty well. I didn't think that I could draw flesh tones that well or paint them that well, but it turned out better than I had expected. Yeah, it's really cute. And I, I also like this other one. I don't know if this is watercolor or not, but I think you took one of Ryan's photos and turned it into a little painting. It's like got his foot, on top of some tiles. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just the India ink. You know, it's mostly just India ink and then the red is watercolor. I that is just so cool to me. He he can take some of the coolest photos I've ever seen and I love to paint Aww. them. Y'all are so cute. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's definitely fun. I think where I really learned watercolor if you can believe it it's instagram i just follow it follow all these watercolor instagram artists and i just kind of watch their process and i started applying it to my own and it turns out that it's my favorite and i love to work in it that is really neat yeah i'm jealous i cannot like literally cannot i will never work in watercolor probably again Oh my gosh, that's so sad. It's cool though that, you know, you have something that you like like that because I feel like with the watercolor and your personal work, it gives you a freedom to explore other things that you can't really do um, in like the design aspect of your life. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the design world is so, it's so broad. You know, I can make I can make illustrations and then I can make something that looks realistic in digital media, but it just, I think it takes longer. It takes to know how to make it look a certain way, but you also have to know how to run the programs, which is very tiring. And then you sit in front of a a desk and a screen all day. It's just glaring at your face and it's not very physical, which is why I like watercolor or sculpting or painting because it's very physical and I, I'm not just stuck in one spot. I can step back from it and look at it for a minute and then continue. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. That's like one of my favorite things about painting is taking like that step back and you just like stare at it for like way too long. Right. (laughs) You have to analyze what the painting was trying to tell you. I know they definitely, the paint paintings definitely talk to their creators. Oh yeah. And it's kind of creepy. It is creepy. And like that sound, that makes me sound really creepy, but that's just the way it is. It is. It's exactly how it is. If you don't have your paintings talk to you, then you're not painting right. Yeah. And I know like some people who are going to be listening to this are going to be like, y'all are fucking batshit crazy. Like (laughs) we don't hear voices. Okay. When I say a painting is talking to me, that means I'm getting feelings from the painting you know like what direction it's it's pulling me in a direction and for music lord doesn't require a lot of cleanup which i really like but i can i can mimic what i'm trying to paint much better in this medium than i have been able to in 
and oils or acrylics or in digital forms. Really? That's impressive. I, I yeah. cannot stand watercolor. <laughs> I can't, it's so <laughs> tedious. It's too tedious to me. Example of such a big gap in my life. I started in watercolors when I was young, as we all do. You know, our parents get those cheapy watercolor sets from wherever they get them from. <laughs> and, you know, back then we were just we were just painting blobs of color. And then I started experimenting with it a few years ago and I really liked the results that I was getting with it. It's uh, collaborating with people, even if they don't know that you're collaborating with I them. I totally agree. I love that. Um, just kind of how your art should be speaking to you. I know that when I'm painting or drawing or doing whatever I'm doing, if I do it kind of late at night and then I go to sleep, it'll incorporate itself into my dreams. And then the next day I wake up and I'm like, okay, there's something that di that's different about this painting. There's something that has to be done. That's cool. And then I change it. Yeah. I've never dreamed about my artwork. Wow. Really? Never. Oh my God. I have nightmares. I don't dream like a normal Maybe person. Maybe I'm the crazy. <laughs> no, I think you're probably normal. I will say this. Sometimes I wake up, like the moment I wake up, like the two, three minutes after opening my eyes, that is the most creative my brain is going to be all day long. I can see I that. I have to write stuff down, like, right away after I wake up. We'll say that, and it's not. And I think that that's, you know, we get a lot of inspiration from our dreams, or at least I think that a lot of artists do. I know one of my favorite directors, writers, producers of all time is... Um, David Lynch, if you've ever seen Twin Peaks. I don't think I have. I mean, that in, you know, from the 1990s, but it's, I really enjoyed it. And it, it's one of those things that inspires me. I haven't done anything to mimic what he's done, but I, maybe I should. It sounds like you should. I think I should. I, I think, Danny, I think you really love it because you're, love it. Your art I don't want to offend, but it's kind of like got that creep to it. No, that's not offensive to me at all. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> well, it's perfect. It's perfect. It mimicked. I would recommend you watch it because it is in it, its entirety. It's, I think it's an art piece. And what I really think he's trying to get across is that it's like his, his dreams. Because it is very ethereal. It is very much like... The, there's a story going on, but there's a lot to it that I think that people that, you know, they're like Twin Peaks is weird. That's a weird show. But I think if you, if you have an art background and you kind of understand art, then you'll, you'll kind of see something in it that I don't think other people will see. Ooh, now I have to watch it. Plus, uh, <laughs> Never. <laughs> Maybe I should have you come on as a guest host and you can interview me. There we go. We'll, we'll go back and forth. Um, but I know we were, t so we got kind of distracted again. Surprise. Okay. But we were talking oh. about um, your favorite medium is watercolor. And then I wanted to yeah. also ask you, I know it's watercolor, but I feel like you should dabble more in ceramics because I saw one piece. Um, it really stuck out to me in particular. You have a, like a, I don't know if it's ceramic actually, but it's a, an artwork and it resembles ice cream scoops. But when you get closer yeah. to it, they're actually like breast with nipples and everything. Can you tell us? Um, mm -hmm. can tell us about that and how you got the inspiration for that. Sculpey, it was a 
a piece that I did in, I think it was sculpture class at, at UTA. I didn't have a lot of money. So, you know, I had to just buy what I could and I bought Sculpey. And I think the breasts are actually, no, I thought of plaster. I Sculpey, I got Sculpey. I molded it into this booby ice cream. And then I put plaster into the mold that I made the sculpture from. And then the inspiration from this actually came from my mom. She was diagnosed with breast cancer. It wasn't a very big deal. She, she had chemo, went through radiation, and she, she's fine now. But what I thought was really interesting about her, she has always really hated sweet stuff. I mean, she just, she thinks sweet stuff is too rich. She really likes more of the savory, salty. She, she's really into the spicy stuff. And after chemo, it kind of changed the way she eats. She started ordering ice cream and ordering coffee. And I don't think she had a sip of coffee maybe once in her entire life before she had breast cancer and had this treatment done. So instead of turning this ceram or this sculpture into something that was like a really sad, like, oh, my mom had breast cancer, it was really more highlighting how the drugs affected her and kind of this interesting story to tell, tell along with her experience that she had with this stuff. So I just, you know, she had breast cancer. I made a booby and I made it look like ice cream. I love that so much. And I love that it also, it almost has like a, not like a, well, yeah, it's kind of like a hopeful piece because, you know, like it kind of reminds me like there's life after you know, the battle. Right. Like life can be so sweet. Yeah. Even when it's, even when it's not. I love that so much. That might be one of my favorite pieces you've ever done. Well, thanks. I love it. I need to get it out. I think it's collecting dust as, as so many other of my stuff does, but thank you. Yeah. That's definitely one of my all time favorites of yours. I've always loved that piece. Um, I'm really glad your mom was okay too. I know. I know that happened like years ago. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it was so long ago. I think it was like ten years ago now. But it it was a struggle, and but most of the time she was happy throughout the whole thing. And I just thought that was so interesting how this chemo kind of changed her in a way that art strictly in regards to being an artist. What would you say? In in that younger position where, I mean, I didn't practice art for so long. I'm my parents, they were always like, my mom especially was like, you could do that talking about a painting or a sculpture or, you know, whatever. And I've always been encouraged to do the art thing, but you know, in high school we get so distracted and I just wanted to hang out with boys and hang out with my friends and I didn't do anything. But I do remember having the mindset of wanting to do something creative I think if I had to talk to my younger self and say something to her, I would say, have the same mindset that you've always had, but start earlier. Don't let toxic people distract you and tell you that you need to do something else that makes more money or something else that you just can't see yourself doing. Do what you want to do. Work hard. Start earlier and just do it more. Practice more. Learn more. Read more. Catch up on on the art world more just do more 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 
Yeah, that is fantastic advice. That's advice for anybody, like at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah, just do the most yeah. you can because we only have a finite amount of time to do it. Exactly. We're here for maybe 100 years. Some of us less. Some of us don't even make it past 20. But, you know, you've, you've got to get in that mindset that it's not all about 401ks and insurance. And yes, that may be good when you're old and decrepit, but you're going to look back on your life and be like, oh, I'm so glad I spent all of that time at that company that didn't give a doing something that really enriched who I am as a person. Exactly. Exactly. I try to live my life that way, but you know, you still got to pay the bills. It's all about balance. It's all about balance. Like pay your bills, do the right thing and spend every other second you can creating everything, create all the things that I, I totally agree with everything you just said. I'm like a hundred percent a creative dreamer. Like if I think about it, I just do it. Like I have had so many false starts with like creative projects, but I'm hoping this one isn't one. But even if it is, even if this, you know, podcast plummets and it doesn't go anywhere and I don't learn anything from it, which is crap because I already have, I'm going to start a new one. Like I'm never going to, I'm never going to stop. Like, oh, I used to be an artist. Don't ever say that to to yourself. For anybody listening, don't ever say I used to be an artist. You are an artist. You will always be an artist. And as long as you are practicing, that's that's all you can do. It doesn't matter if what you're making is crap or if it's amazing. It doesn't matter if you're selling it or if you're not. Right. Just keep doing. Just hearing you saying I used to be an artist, like my heart sank. I don't ever want to hear somebody say that. saddest sentence that's ever been uttered into my ear (laughs) I'm not dramatic at all (laughs) no it's the truth (laughs) all right um next topic so I also I wanted you to tell everyone who your favorite underrated artist is Louettes of women because I really love your art thank you I do you're I I love watching your process. I really do. I don't know if I have a favorite underrated artist because I follow so many. Yeah, me too. But I do have, I do have like a few artists that I, I come across more than once and I'm like, Oh my God, I just love what they're doing. Um, Like there's this video I don't know. I don't know the lingo in video. He's a video editor. I guess he's a pro- a producer or just a filmmaker in general. He's on YouTube. His name is Dan Dan Bell, and he does this series called Another Dirty Room, which I'm not really into, but I think other people might really enjoy. He goes into these dirty, gross hotels <laughs> with black lights with his friend, and he's just like dogging on these hotels. And some of him, he's gotten shut down, but. A lot of what else, other things he does, he does like these abandoned building videos or he'll do this series called um, Dead Mall Series where he will just go into these malls that have nobody in them and he makes them really cinematic, but he kind of kicks them back to like the 80s because, you know, that's when malls were super popular. And I just really enjoy his process and how he produces and edits his film that's cool um 
And then there are a few Instagram artists that I'm really into. I think this girl is from Russia. I'm not really sure. Don't quote me on that. Her name is Aziza. It's A-Z in a lot of different mediums, but I think mostly what she does is acrylic. She'll like, it's kind of, it's kind of like Van Gogh in a way where she'll take all these colors and just kind of blob them all together while um, creating these. That's it so is sad. sad. That was like the Men. Men. It's, it's very interesting. It's very hard to explain. Very colorful though. She used glass sometimes in her artwork. Ooh, that's cool. Or her gold leaf. Sometimes I think she uses leaves. It's very interesting. I have not figured out how to get a hold of her to get a piece of her artwork in my house. But once I do, you better believe it's going to be like the main, the main center of my house. Cause it's just amazing stuff. That's cool. Is that her Instagram handle? I can think of, she's a hand litterer. Her name is Emily Rudd. It's E M hand litterer I've ever seen. Probably not in the whole world, but that's just from what I've seen. She's just, it's so hand-drawn, yet so not hand-drawn at the same time. Is this, uh, it's, you know what? I've seen her before. I think I used to follow her, or I probably still do. Her work is... Um, and she just doesn't make it into your feed anymore. Yeah, unfortunately, because the algorithm and crap. But she... Right. Her portraits are very... Um, I don't see any of the glass or the leaves or anything like that. I know. I don't see those either. They're probably way back in her feed. It's just so whimsical. It is. It's very much something that um, you would like, I feel like. Like, this is in tune with your style. Yeah, for sure. so colorful. Yeah, it's, it's like, colorful, so colorful, feminine, soft, and it has a lot to do with nature. Well, intricate. So, so beautiful. I just... I can't even. How does she do that? I don't even like to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> She's just amazing. I don't know. And she won't show her process. I've never actually seen her show her process. Really? Yeah. Which is probably for the better. Yeah. You don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want the magic taken out. No. Yeah. It's just, it's so amazing. It's still, it's whimsical in so many aspects and it's very intricate like you say I just love it she's a great artist yeah she is she's definitely got some crazy skill I see she uses markers ink she uses the procreate yeah. app she uses uh moleskin I love moleskins oh some of these are hand done and you can tell they are because they're in her sketch I know and I love that she Right. And I love that she like mixes this like kind of realism, yet it's whimsy and it's also cartoony in a way. I don't know if that's right. It Well, I, th I think it seems a little animated because she does. It's almost like 3D. Yeah. So it's like realistic, but it's it's animated and it's cartoony in this way. Yeah, it's really cool. So, so beautiful. I wonder how long it takes. She's her very to do inspirational. One of I bet it takes like 10 hours to do one of these. Oh, I would, I would have no doubt. Maybe longer. She's just amazing. Yeah, she is. That's why my work is never detailed because I don't have the patience. But that's okay. There are artists out there. But I wish I did. See, I, I could right. realize. There are artists out there that are made to do that. And then there are artists like us or me. 
I have full man. The non-artist people. What are they? Sorry, if artist. What do they call in Harry Potter the people that can't do magic? They are normies, <laughs> muggle normies, normies, normies. Exactly. <laughs> well, do <laughs> do you have anything you'd like to plug? Any shows, projects, or anything we should keep an eye out for? Did a video today, and I really am starting to get into video editing, which is something I never thought I'd wanted to do ever. Yeah, that sounds tedious too. I mean, it's time. But my husband and I just bought a camper, like an old retro camper. And we are, yeah, it's super cute. We got super lucky because it's all painted blue on the outside. And it's got this really cute hand-painted cardinal on the front of it. I'll have to upload a picture soon. It's already painted the inside blue. I'm waiting to get it all kind of cute on the inside before I show it all. I probably shouldn't. But we're going to start vlogging our trips around the U.S. when we take them. Um, just to kind of document our lives in that this camper. That is so fun. It's really fun. I don't know what it is about it. Well, but it rose Texas this last weekend with my dad just to kind of test out the waters mm-hmm. in our trailer. And... It was fun. We just went out and got a few shots. It's not like there's a ton to do in Glen Rose, especially because all the state parks are, like, reserved already. We couldn't go see the dinosaur tracks in the river. But what we did get to do was kind of fun. We found this old historic church with a cemetery right next to it. And from that cemetery, you could see the nuclear plant, which is really cool. A bunch of B-roll, which is just kind of, you know, images of stuff. And I added on some music to it and made it kind of well, cool. Where can we watch it? <laughs> Probably today, if not tomorrow. And it's called our our channel's called the Trippin Fishes. I love that. Trippin as in <laughs> that is cute? so cute. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's Trippin I N no G. It's in editing. You know, we'll get our friends to come out with us, Danny. <laughs> Danny. Yeah, I really want to. You know, I don't have. (laughs) I am all yours. (laughs) Right. One, like, how to do it. You know, you guys can just come out with us and then it'll be like skating on ice. It's going to be like so smooth, smooth sailing. That that sounds so fun. And I love the name. That is adorable. And I can't wait to watch y'all's first video. So by the time this podcast comes out, it will be uploaded on YouTube. Yes. Someone in your family owns or works at Art Space 111, that gallery in downtown Fort Worth, Texas? Yes. What kind of insight have you gained from having an inside look at how galleries run? I have like a ton of insight. I think the, the main thing from her specific gallery is that it was one of the artists that she bought, I think it was his studio. And then I think that she bought it and then turned it into a gallery. And now it's kind of like a collaboration. She shows his work and then, you know, they they just collaborate. And then also she, you know, she's really deep in the art community. So she's always showing a lot of other people's work. Um, I think what we all really know about galleries, sorry if you're a gallery owner, but we know that you take 50 
if not more percentage of the profits of the artwork that we've created. Um, I don't agree with that. That's way too much. That's fine. If you want exposure, yes, go into the gallery system. Um, but I think that since we have Instagram and social media, that's a free way to market yourself. And you don't, you don't have to have any of that money taken away from you. Um, love the galleries. I love going to see artwork, but I, I wouldn't personally put my stuff in a gallery. I don't think. Interesting. Um, who an artist is or what art is, you know, if a gallery doesn't like a certain aesthetic, then they're just not going to show it. And then you have to try harder to find a gallery that will show your stuff. And what if there are no galleries that like your stuff? And that doesn't mean it's not you know? good or that you don't have skill. That just means you're right. not like in the ill or bad. Right. Right. Which, you know, of course they, they set the, what, what should be art and what shouldn't be art. And that's unfortunate. Um, and I, and that's unfortunate. And I don't agree with it. I think that, you know, in, you know, Michelangelo used to paint tile anymore, but that's what you like to paint. It, it's not going to be shown. Not really. Not unless you're like Hinde Wiley and doing something completely different, but the same. Right. It's just, it's a uh, art in many different medias. And I think that galleries tend to only show what they like. I've always, uh, like you said, the galleries that I like is getting to see the art in person. Right. Like going there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like being a part of like the, the show and seeing the art, maybe even meeting the artist. Like it has nothing to do with the actual yeah. gallery. No. Yeah. And that's just something that I guess artists, they decide to go for and they, if that's what you like, then that's what you like. But I personally, since we, like I said, since we have social media, there's uh, free ways to prof to Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, that kind of leads me into our next segment here. So we've got two little, a um, couple more things, two little things I want to talk about before we wrap up completely. But um, this is what I'm okay. calling newsflash art style. So um, okay. I saw a couple of headlines online recently about the art world and how it's adapting, um, you know, in this whole lockdown era. And Right, I feel like we can change it because most artists, I feel like, don't like the art world or gallery system as is. And because of uh, COVID and everybody's in lockdown, they're having to change the way, you know, these galleries are having to change the way they're getting the art to the people. And they're doing that mm -hmm. by having things like drive through exhibitions and they're doing things <laughs> like virtual studio visits. And they're making um, VIP online lounge viewing rooms. Oh, my. Yeah. And, you know, I also saw um, a trying uh, to he wanted to go to a gallery in L.A. and he couldn't make it. So what he did, he sent a robot with an iPad and it just broadcast. Yeah, it just broadcast the show, the exhibition to Kanye. What's happening, I feel like with these virtual things, it's like the the art world is getting even further away from the actual artist. So, like it's supposed to, as far as, and that's the, the worst thing about online social media advertising 
just all of the you had said before, the algorithm sucks. So away from the artist, quote unquote, called Kanye, that like to take other people's ideas and then turn it into their thing. And then it's not about like whose original idea it was. It's just got Kanye's name stamped on it. And that's just whose it is. Mm-hmm. Or it's got the gallery's name stamped on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I don't agree with that. I mean, we have a virtual gallery every day when we get on Instagram. Exactly. We don't need 150 bucks so that we can look at the inside of their gallery through like when you're fine. You can see there are a lot of things you can see right away. <clears throat> when you are looking at art, you see, see the colors, you can see pretty much everything, but you can't see the textures. You can't feel right. the feeling of the painting being right in front of you. Right. Like there's there I think there is one aspect to like the whole online art art showcase kind of thing. I think it's uh they have the searching for old art that's probably like, you know, in the Kimball art museum or like in the MoMA where you can like zoom close and you can like look at all of the fine detail. I think perhaps that's the most, if you, you know, like, I mean, I, I probably will never, never get to go to the Van Gogh museum, but I like that I up a painting on Google whatever the thing is I'll have to find it maybe you can add it in the link later for people to follow um but yeah you can like zoom in super close and really get a feeling for the brush strokes and like how it was done and kind of kind of the medium they were using it's very interesting yeah that's really cool I didn't know they did that I'm going to try something new. So I'm calling this okay. the fast five. So I'm going to ask, <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask you five questions and then you will answer them as fast as you can. You can answer however you want. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's no rules okay. here as fast as you can. Ready? Okay. What is your favorite art studio tool? Oh shit. Probably a paintbrush. Ooh, <laughs> simple, classic. I love it. Okay. <laughs> and books or movies? Probably movies for me, but but now I'm starting to think more books <laughs> just because they are, they're written better than TV is now. Yeah, they really are. I've always been a book girl myself. Okay. Next question. Salty or sweet? Salty. Okay. And if you had to choose one. Creativity or skill? Creativity. And last one. Before joining me today, what was the last thing that made you laugh? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I can't tell ya. Oh, it was probably a TikTok this morning. <laughs> the TikTok videos. Thank you, too. <laughs> No, I wasn't going to do the TikTok thing. And I was like, I finally broke down. And now I can't, I can't get off of it. I downloaded TikTok and then I posted a couple little videos or whatever. But then I realized that I was watching TikTok videos for like three hours. Oh my God. I know. Ryan and I'll watch them together and then we'll look up and we're like, what, where are we? What? Yeah. You get real lost in the TikTok sauce. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's so hard. But people on there, that's something that he and I have discussed. TikTok is such a fun social media app 
because more times than not, it makes me laugh and it makes me happy. Whereas like, I'll get on Facebook and it'll just completely piss me off because Trump has done something or the government's just not cooperating or, you know, the cops are being assholes. Yeah. So it's so fun to get on there and just like have a laugh. Yeah. And I also noticed that the people on TikTok are more welcoming and like, they are not afraid to like follow or like, or like support artists on there. Right. It's just so fun. You guys should definitely post your vlog to TikTok. I think we will. Once we get it down, I think we will. But, you know, TikTok is so time consuming. Once you really get in there and like try and upload something. Yeah, it is. It's just, it's a lot of work. It's a it's lot a of work. It's a deceiving um, app because you're sitting there and these videos aren't very long. But once you get like in there and like trying to do stuff, you realize how much time it takes. So much editing. And sometimes it'll like for me personally it's had a moment where it's like kicked me out of my edit and it didn't save as a draft and I had to redo the whole thing no best way to do it is to like edit it elsewhere and then just upload it as a video that's probably the best way to do it and you probably have better editing software anyway than what they have yes more than likely I mean theirs is fun and they have a they have a really good interface I think it works well but I don't know yeah I think their typography choices suck, but that's just me. <laughs> You're spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Well, did I skip any questions? Was there anything you wanted to add? I don't think so. Thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. It's... Yeah, it was so fun. If you ever want me back, just let me know. I'd, I'd love to come back on and talk about anything yeah, else. Yeah, for sure. I love the idea of having repeat guests because... I'm starting to reach out and also get messages from a lot of other artists. So that's exciting. Um, but I'm, oh my a, gosh. I'm a bit of an introvert. So talking to somebody I know is a lot easier than talking to people I don't know. You know, even though I'm right. talking about art, it's not like I'm talking about something I don't know anything about, but it's still nerve wracking, right. you know, and like, I know you. And when you got on today, I was still nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was so nervous. I was like, you know, it's like I wanted to do this, but I woke up this morning and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to like, I have to like do something. I have to like talk. And that's hard. It is hard. It's so hard for me to talk. You don't know how many interviews I've been just like laughed out of because of my sentences. This They don't form well. Really? So bad. But, you know, graphic designers are assholes too. So it's probably a little bit of that as well. Yeah, no, you definitely handled yourself really well. And you spoke very precise and, and you know, had good well, clarity. Thanks. And I really, really appreciate you coming on and, and doing this with me. I can't wait to have you back on. I especially want to talk to you after you have that vlog kind of up and running and you have like yeah. a few videos up so that we can, you know, talk about maybe your experience with YouTube or like the travel and the art and catch back up with you yeah exactly. yeah there's definitely reasons for you to come back on uh, I'm excited this was great this was really really fun thanks for asking me to participate yeah of course you know looking forward yeah, to it thank you so much I'm gonna hang up thank All you right. Bye. okay what a fun guest Shelby thank you so much for coming on the episode today I had a blast. I hope you did too. I hope you come back and catch up with us after you do your vlog. And you had a lot of great insights that you shared with us today. The best one being just pour your heart out into your creative endeavors because no one's going to do it for you, right? 
So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for the next episode where I am going to interview someone who actually works in a gallery. So till next time, see ya.